Today's share should be Le'ila Nishmas Chayas Atila Basra Gabriel Pinchas, Kamil Shabin Reza, Tzivisan and Bas Rebbe, and for Forshlim for Holy Israel. Okay, so we are on Yud Amud Beis. We had just finished, we're in the middle of the argument between the um, Shaya and Yechizkiyo, and we saw with Chizkiyo the three things he did that were good, that were bad, and then eventually he, he did, davened. And Kodesh Baruch Hu was Mochalim. He wound up marrying the daughter of Yeshaya, lived another 15 years. And that's where we are up to. So the Gemara discusses there. We are uh, in the middle of the daf. Amar of Yochanan Mishum Rabbi Yossi Ben Zimra. That is approximately, uh, let's see, approximately um, in the middle of the Second wide line, meaning there are three different widths on the page. So this is in the middle column, um, in the middle length. The third one line is Amar B'yochanan. It's not in the middle. Amar B'yochanan, Mishur Yosi ben Zimra, Kolatola b'zichos atzma. When any time someone is davening to Kodesh Baruch Hu, and they ask for Hashem to fulfill his request based on his own merits, then then it says... Then Hakadosh Baruch is going to be answer you, but only dependent on the zchus of others. When you dab and you ask Hashem to fulfill your request based on the merit of others, meaning you don't take all the credit, then Hakadosh Baruch does fulfill your request. He gives you credit. It's in your zchus. It's in your merit that Hashem fulfilled that request. For example, Moshe Moshe Baruch he. He made it dependent on the others. Shenemar, as the Pasuk says, after the Cheta Egel, it says, He davens to our Kodesh Baruch, he pleads and says, don't, don't forgive them on my behalf, forgive them on the behalf of Zchosavos. And then when eventually Kodesh Baruch listened and, and accepted Moshe's pleas, Talulo B'schus Atzmo, he gave as if, Kodesh Baruch gave Moshe credit. Shenemar, V'yomar Lashmidam Luli Moshe Bechiro, Omar Beperz, the fun of Lashiv Hamas Meshches. He says, I would have destroyed them and it had not been for my chosen one, Moshe, who got up and asked them to, uh, for me to subside my anger. So even though he invoked Chosavos, Kodesh Baruch Hu said he answered him because of Moshe. So we see that when you daven for, some, when you daven for something, it's better to not to say, I, I deserve it, it's because of me that Hashem should listen to me, but rather because of others. Chizkiyo, just the opposite. Chizkiyo, when he went ahead and daven to Kodesh Baruch Hu after he realized he made a mistake, Tola b'schus atzmo, when he said to Kodesh Baruch Hu, forgive me, I know I wasn't Osek Beperi Harivya, and therefore I'm going to dine and also lose my share in Olam Haba. He says, when he davened, he, was, he, gave, he gave himself the credit. Tola b'schus atzmo, d'chsiv, as it says, Zichor please, with the Kodesh Baruch Hu, please remember, Esa Sher Selachti, the Fanacha, that I walked in your path. I walked in your path. He didn't go ahead and say that others, you should go ahead and, and forgive me because it's Chosavos. Therefore, when Kodesh Baruch Hu eventually did listen to him, this was three days before Sancheirev was about to attack. Sancheirev was the Melech Asher, and before um, this whole machalo, this whole incident with the Shio happened, right before that. So Gosh Baruch says, not only will I heal you, but I'll also uh, assure your safety. But when Chizkiyo davened, he davened in his own schus, but eventually when he was listened to by Gosh Baruch Hu, tolo b'schus Baruch gave the credit, so to speak, to someone else. Shanemar, v'ganosi asa'er, I will shield, I will protect Defend the city Hazos, Loshia Lema'ani, for my sake, and Ulaman David Avdi, and also for the sake of Davin, my servant. So we see that he was told as Beschos Atzmi Asakarish to invoke his Rachamim based on his own merits, and eventually Akash Baruch who listened, it was because they gave credit to David. 
Gemara continues. Vahainu, the Rabbi Shubin Levi, the Amr Shubin Levi, my dechsiv, what is the Pasuk referring to when it says, he nail sholom marli mar? He says, behold the peace, it is bitter for me, a bitterness. And that is what Chizkiyah is saying, even. Even when Kosh Baruch Hu sent him peace, <coughs> it was, and it was shalom, it was still mar, it was still bitter, a bitter pill, so to speak, for David, to, for Chizkiyah to swallow because it wasn't given to him in his credit. In other words, even when he got peace, since the Kosh Baruch Hu, uh, made it dependent on the schus of David. It was still, so to speak, a bitter swill, a bitter pill for Chizkio to swallow. All right, next Gemara. We saw last week that when Elisha used to go by a place called Shunem, this woman, the Ishan and Shunamis, made a lodging place for him. And eventually he asked Gehazi to go ahead and see, well, how can I reciprocate? How can I repay her? <clears throat> so she built him a small house, we saw. And we're going to discuss now, and this is going to set off a really fun joyride through Shas that we're going to go through in a couple minutes. So the Gemara continues and says, and say from Malachim, we know it's, she says, Naase no alias kir katana. Let us make for him is alias kir. What are this? Uh, aliyah means an upper chamber, a kir is a wall, a small wall. But what exactly was she referring to when she said that we're going to build him a guest house? The Pasuk says she put a mita, a bed in there, and a table, and a lamp, and a chair. <clears throat> but what is this term, alias kir? So as Machlokas Rav and Shmuel, interestingly enough, it does not tell us who said what. It just says the Machlokas Rav and Shmuel. And they, they argue on what does the definition of Aliyah's care mean. Chad, Amar, one of them, we don't know who, says, Aliyah, Pura, it was the upper chamber. It was unroofed. It was the upper floor. And what she did, that's what Aliyah means, the, the upper level. It was unroofed. V'keirua, and they put a roof on it. V'chad Omar, and the other man, Omar, again, we don't know who, Rav and Shmuel, one said one, one said the other. V'chad Omar, achsadru gadol ha'isa, there was this big, giant family room. V'chilkul ha'shnaim, in order to give him some privacy, they put a wall, they erected a wall in between, and therefore, uh, that's how they went ahead and they built this, um, this room. That's what Aliyah's care means, either a roof, or it was a big room, and they separated by two by putting up a wall. The Gemara asks, Bishlam, according to the Mandamar, who says, According to the Mandamar, who says, it was a big room, and they put up a wall. That makes sense, because that's what a kir is. A kir is a wall. But according to the Mandamar, that says it's an upper chamber, since when does a kir mean a roof? What does it mean they put up a wall? You don't put up a wall as a roof. No, they, they roofed it in. I mean, they put a wall, but... <clears throat> It's the same concept. Okay. The Gemara says, what about the other? Bishlam and the Manda Amar says, Aliyah, Haino Dechsev, Aliyah. In other words, Aliyah's care. In other words, there's two psukim, there's two words in that phrase, Aliyah's care. One is the higher level and one is a wall. So according to the Manda Amar that said it's a, it's a room with a wall, the care makes sense. But according to the Manda Amar that said it's a higher upper chamber without a, uh, without a roof, the Aliyah, the upper chamber makes sense. But both of those words together present problems to either opinion. Aliyah is the upper chamber, and Akir is a wall. So on an upper so chamber... Aliyah is putting it up. So, but that doesn't say... That we will make from an Aliyah's care. They're using an Aliyah here as a noun, not as a verb. But yes, otherwise you're right. Let's erect, let's, let's construct it, but it's, but it's used here as a, as a noun. So the Gemara says, El Amar Sadra. So according to the Manda Amar, my Aliyah. So according to the Manda Amar, who says it's a, it's a room, a family room, a one big great room that they put up a wall, what does the term Aliyah mean? Upper chamber. No, Mu'ula Shabbatim. It is the, it's the most elevated room in the house. It was the nicest room they put aside for him. Okay. Gemara continues. V'nosim lo shah, mito v'shulcham kisei menorah. Let us put uh, these uh, different um, uh, requirements in the room for him, these, these amenities. Amar abayi v'isei mar v'yitzvah karotzi le'enos yana. Someone who wants to go ahead and benefit and get enjoyment from somebody else, 
Yohana, he's allowed to. We see from here a precedent is set that Elisha accepted these gifts. And therefore, if you want to go ahead and get uh, um, gifts from someone else, just like Elisha did, you're able to. Why is this such a chiddush? Because we know the Gemara discusses Sony Matanos that someone's really not supposed to go ahead and take gifts. It's, it, you're better off if you don't take, take gifts from someone. But the Masha says here that since someone who travels is usually without his basic necessities, he's like an Ani, and an Ani is allowed to go ahead and take gifts. Okay, provided, by the way, there's another opinion that says that you should always have in mind to pay someone back, which is exactly what Elisha did. He sent Gehazi to her and said, what can I do for you? Can I speak to the king on your behalf? She said, I'm not really feeling threatened. You don't need, I'm not in a, a precarious position. But if you want, <clears throat> I, you know, and then the whole story with uh, granting her a child through uh, davening to Kodesh Baruch But we see that he had in mind to go ahead and repay her. The Gemara continues, with But if someone says... I don't want to go ahead and accept gifts. You also have that precedent from Shmuel. Shmuel was a Novi at the time, Kishmuel Haramasi, as the Pasuk says, Haramasa We know that we're told many times that Shmuel lived in, in, in Ramasa. So the question is, he lived in Ramah, actually. Ramasa means two Ramah, but Ramah. And the question is, it says, when he went ahead and he circled and he went around to all the cities in Israel, Giving his nevuos, he would. It says Kishami Abeso. He lived back in Ramah. We know where he lived. Why does he have to tell us there? Basically, what's telling us wherever he went, Shmuel brought his basic necessities: his toothbrush, his travel bag, so that he didn't have to rely on anyone for gifts. So, if you want to be like Shmuel and not accept gifts, so then you don't have to accept gifts. Either way, you are you're okay. If you want to accept gifts like Alicia, you can with the proviso that we mentioned that you should always try to repay them. And if you don't want to accept gifts, you can as long as you don't appear haughty. Vam Rabbi Yochanan. Wherever he went, he made it so that he had a travel bag with him, and therefore he didn't have to go ahead and and um, and rely on anybody. Okay, Gemara continues. We're going to get to our uh, fun stuff in about a minute. But off the daf, even Gemara is fun, but even off the daf. So she says to her husband, "I can tell this Navi Elisha is a holy man. I can tell. How do we know that?" <clears throat> So the Gemara is going to discuss that in a second, but from first we learn something. We see from this insight that the Isha Shunamis told her husband, I can tell this Elisha, he's not an ordinary man, he's a Kadosh man. And the fact that she was able to see it and he was not able to see it gives us insight that women are able to appreciate their guests and get a glimpse into their personalities more than, more than man. And the reason is, they say, is that because usually a woman is home more, the husband is, is at work, and if she's being machnes arech, she gets to spend more time with the family of guests. Okay, now here's, this is interesting. So the Gemara now is going to give a second machlokas between Rav and Shmuel, and the machlokas is as follows. They say, Kadoshu, he is holy. Elisha is a holy man. Gemara says, Minoyada, how did she know? What hint was she given that Elisha was such a holy man? So it says, <clears throat> Rav Shmuel, another Machlokas Rav and Shmuel. Again, it does not tell us who said what, and that's going to be our launching pad for today's probably next 15 to 20 minutes as we go through Shas. But Chad Amash Larasa Zvuv over Shulchano. You know how she knew that Elisha was a holy man? Every time that Elisha broke bread at her house, a fly never came by his food. You know, brings back to mind Pence when he had that fly in his hair for like 20 minutes, right? Here, he never had a fly come at all to his table. Alicia never had a, had a fly. So from that, she was able to discern that he is a Kadosh person. 
The other man to Amar, again, we don't know who. Machlokas Rav and Shmuel. V'chad Amar sodan shal pishta nitziel mitaso v'larosa keri alav. She used to change his sheets every time after he would leave, and she never saw that there was a stain. You never what became a bal carry. The Gemara Shabbos says when someone is traveling, either it's the stress of traveling or being away, or traveling or being away from his spouse. He never, she never saw that he was a bal carry. He never had a seminal mission while he was all the times, and that that's the way he was kadosh. Okay, as opposed to the Gemara says as follows. <clears throat> oh, we'll get to the um, we'll get to the other part in a second. So we see that. This is the second machlokas here, that it does not say who said what. We have a machlokas Rav and Shmuel, but it, for some reason the Torah doesn't tell us who, who, what, what each mandamar said. So let's backtrack for a second. There is a Gemara in Rosh Hashanah Tav Chof Aleph. It says as follows, machlokas Rav and Shmuel. It does, it does not tell us who said what. It says, Chad Amar. So one of them says, Chamishim Sharebina Nivrubolam. There are 50 different levels of understanding, of penetration, of depth and into understanding. And listen to what it says here. Moshe was granted all 50 levels of understanding, of wisdom, except one level. As it says, that you have made him wanting only a little bit to understand the divinity. Meaning, Moshe had 98%, 49 out of the 50 levels of understanding. The Gemara continues. Bikesh Kohelas Limsotivitz. Shlomo. Kohelas is a reference to Shlomo. Shlomo went wanted to find words of delight. Bikesh Kohelas Leos Kemosha. Shlomo Melech wanted to be like Moshe. He wanted to attain that status of wisdom like Moshe. Yotzda Baskal, but a Baskal came out of Shemaim and said, the cost of Yosha Divriemis, the words that are recorded are, are recorded properly. There was never another prophet like Moshe. So, whoa, 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 hold your horses. You want to be like Moshe? Not so fast. There's no Navi who ever became like Moshe again. So Moshe was okay to get 49 levels of wisdom. You are not. There you go. Is your middle name Moshe? No? No. I thought that you were saying that. Okay, now... V'chad Amar, the other man Amar says, Banevim lo kam, ba'melachim kam. When it says that another Navi never rose like Moshe, it means another Navi, but it doesn't come to exclude kings. It doesn't come to exclude kings. Elamani, so it does not come to exclude Shlomo. Shlomo was just as smart, if not smarter than Moshe. Elamani, Mekayim, Bikesh, Sholem, Sonodir, V'chefetz, and he was rejected. So how do you understand when the Baskol came out and said, whoa, 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 slow down, it means, no, Shlomo wanted the, un, the additional level that he would be able to go ahead and adjudicate uh, court cases without even hearing the words of the litigants, just what was in his heart. And Kosh Baruch said, no, whatever's written is just, and it's written, it's written, you have to listen to the litigants, and therefore you can't go ahead and go based on what's on your heart. But what do we see from here? <clears throat> there was a machlokas between Rav and Shmuel. It does not say who authored which statement, one says Moshe was the greatest, no one can touch him. The other Mandama says, no, when it says Lokam Kemosha, it means Lokam Navi Kemosha. It means of all the Nevi'im, he was the greatest. But that doesn't mean the greatest ever. It means Shlomo could have been just as great. Interesting, as an aside, the Chassam Sofer says what he was davening for was to be like Moshe in the following sense. This is totally unrelated, but the Rishonim say that had Moshe entered Eretz Yisrael and built the base on Mikdash, it never would have been destroyed. So Shlomo Melech wanted that same guarantee from Kadosh Baruch when he says you want to be like Moshe, the Chassam Sofer says, he wanted that same guarantee that if I'm going to go ahead and invest time and effort 
to build the base of Mikdash, I want that guarantee, like that you would have given Moshe that it's not going to be destroyed. So he was rebuffed. We obviously know we had the Chorban. But anyway, so, the, so we see here that either Moshe was the greatest or Shlomo, and Shlomo was, no, Moshe, it's only for Moshe, Lokam Kenavi Moshe, or, or can it be that, no, that's only referring to the Nevi'im, but there was room for a king to be as great. There's another Gemara, and I, before we get to that, I want to give it back. Remember, Reuven Margolis, who we quoted last week in Margolia Salam, about that unbelievable shot of Chaparas Pasha, why we add, we add those two words into the, uh, into the Musaf that we'll say on, later this week. He has a sefer called Shem Olam. In it, his mission statement is to ascribe opinions to certain Manda Amrim when the, Torah, when the Gemara doesn't tell us who said what. In other words, there's a Gemara we know, Yevamos, that says, I should actually say in his name. Anytime you quote a Talmud Chacham in his Torah, his lips move, even when he's lying in the kever. I can't remember where I read this. Either Dr. Michelle, if he's listening, or maybe Jack, you remember. I read it somewhere that the Rav used to say, I read it in one of the articles, maybe from Rekefet, I don't remember, that when the Rav used to bring in the Ramban Arashi, you actually felt that the Ramban Arashi was sitting in the, in the classroom with you, in the share room with you. He had a way of bringing them in. So even if we're not on the level of the Rav, obviously, when you talk about Divrei Torah, you actually, the, the Chachamim, whose words you're quoting, their lips move, they become alive a little bit, which I was thinking that all of us should really take the opportunity. This is just a, 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 a plug. All of us take the opportunity, when we have a, hear a great Devar Torah, put it on a computer so you can give it to your kids, Mitzvah Shemun, their grandparents, they can say they heard from the Father, and if those of those bekever, your Yerusha will live on, not just financially, but also more important, spiritually. It's a beautiful thing to do, to hand over Divrei Torah uh, to your children, and so the children and grandchildren can learn it in your name, and later on in life, we should all be zocha to that. In any event, so this is amazing. So let's go through our Gemara now. So again, his whole mission statement in this Sefer was to go ahead and the Torah says, Machlokas Rav and Shmuel, but doesn't tell us who said what. He's going to tribute and he's going to bring a Svarah to tell us which opinion is, is accredited to which author. The Gemara in 68b or Samad Ches says as following, something amazing. Shlomo Melech needed to go ahead and build the base of Mikdash and he needed a certain stone to be cut. And the only thing that can cut it was the Shamir. Shamir was this very strong worm. So he had to go to Ashmedai. Ashmedai was the king of the Shadim to go ahead and locate, where's this Shamir? So Ashmedai says, I'll show you, I can get it for you, but first take off this chain that I have on me that has Shem Hashem on it, take it off of me, and substitute that chain with your ring that you're wearing, Tabas Melech, that has Shem Hashem on it. Shlomo concedes, does it, takes off the the chain off of uh, Ashmedai, hands him the ring. All of a sudden, Ashmedai swallows the ring, and the Gemara says he grew so much that one wing was touching Shemayim, the other wing of Ashmedai was the head of the demon, says the Gemara, was touching the earth, and he lifted up Shlomo, and he threw him 400 parcels. Shlomo was dethroned. That's it. End of Shlomo's Malchus. <clears throat> the Gemara brings the Pasuk that Shlomo said in Kohelas, he says, after being thrown and being stripped of his malchus, he says, Ma adam What, what profit is there for a person to toil all his life? I went ahead, I built up a, a malchus, I built up a kingdom, and boom, just like that, I tried to go ahead and build the base of English with the Shamir. I went to Ashmanai, I was told I have to go to the king of the demons to find this worm, and all of a sudden, boom, I'm dethroned. 
So the question is, <clears throat> a few a parak later it says, mikol amali. This is my this is my portion, and we know after all my toil, Shlomo says, this is what I'm left with, and he says zeh. We know whenever the Torah says zeh, it's something actually physical, right? When Akash Baruch points to the moon, kazeh great bekadesh is a shekel. He says this is what the machzah shekel looks like. Zeh is something physical. What was left in his hand? What did Shlomo have? He said, after all my toil, all my years of... What? So he says, the Machlokas, Rav and Shmuel, if anyone guessed, Rav and Shmuel, doesn't tell us who said what. One says he had a staff left, and one said he had his royal garb, his cloak. Okay. There's another Machlokas in that same Gemara. The Gemara says, what happened after Ashmedai eventually died? Did Shlomo regain his Malchus? So one opinion, Rav and Shmuel, Torah again does not tell, the, uh, the Gemara again does not tell us who authored which statement. It says, Melech, Hedyot, Melech. One says, Melech, Hedyot. One says he was, reigned supreme, he was dethroned, and then reassumed his, his, his uh, throne. The other one says, no, Melech, Hedyot. He was a Melech, but then came a layman. When he was dethroned, he was dethroned permanently. So the Gemara records here and get in two machlokas in between Rav and Shmuel. One is whether, what was he left with after he was actually dethroned? One says when he says Zed, all I have left is Zed. Was it a staff or was it his royal garb? And the other machlokas, Rav and Shmuel, was did he ever regain his malchus? After he was dethroned by Ashram, did he ever regain his malchus? Doesn't tell us who, what, or where. Now, the Gemara, there's another Gemara now, and this is going to shed light on everything. There's a Gemara in Shabbos, Daf Nun Vav, that says, talks about Dov and about Sheva, and it says that anyone who says that David, um, who David made a, made a chait, is wrong, and then listen to the statement that Rav says. Rav is one of the, our, our principal uh, uh, players today, Rav and Shmuel. So, Amar Rav, Rebbe da'asimi David mahapech vidorish b'schusei to David. He says, since Rebbe came from Malchus, Rebbe came from David HaMelech, it's his job to go ahead and defend and to find a reason to go ahead and elevate David. Meaning, if one of your relatives is being insulted, if you are a descendant of that relative, it's your job to go ahead and give him a position that's going to be the most flattering for him. Okay? So he says, if that's, that's the case, says Rav Margolis, listen to as follows. Rav and Shmuel. Shmuel was a Kohen. Okay? R- Rav was the nephew of Rav Chia, and the Gemara says Rav Chia came from Beis David, which means that Rav came from Beis David. So Rav came from Malchus, the Gemara says, and Shmuel, we know, was a Kohen. He came from the Kuna. Now, in light of that, we can sort of make sense of what's going on in all this Machlokas. <laughs> One said that he lost the throne and regained it. One said he lost the throne and didn't regain it. One said that he went ahead and all he had left was a staff, which has no recognizable features that you were once a king. And the other Mandamar said he retained his royal garb. It makes sense based on this line that Rav said, since Rebbe, what came from the house of David, he was Mahapik Schus for David. If Rav said that, then Rav also probably right, lived by that motto. If he, 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 if he quoted Rebbe as being Mahapik Schus for David, then Rav, who was also from base David, would also go ahead. Therefore, it makes sense. If you're going to go ahead and defend David, and Shlomo was the son, then you're going to hold the Malchus in a very high esteem. So, yes, he was dethroned, but he regained his, he regained his, his, his throne. Yes, he was, he was stripped of everything, but even when he walked around, he still had his royal garb. He was a Melech. Okay? Whereas Shmuel, who had no reason to be Mahabek's Shmuel was a Kohen. 
he had no reason to go ahead and say that Shlomo went ahead and regained his status, or he didn't look like a layman. He had a stick. There was no reason for Shmuel to go ahead and defend the, 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 uh, the Malchus. Where would he defend it, though? Let's go back to that original Gemara by Moshe and, and, uh, and Shlomo. Who was the greatest of all time? Well, if you're from, if you're from a Kohen, then you're going to defend Moshe and say Moshe was the greatest. If you're from Beis David, if you are from Shlomo Melech and Dynasty, you're going to say no. When it says that Moshe was the greatest, it's talking about the Nevi'im. doesn't necessarily mean it was talking about everyone. And if I am from the Melech, Beis Malchus, I'm going to say that Shlomo was just as great, if not greater. The Gemara continues. There's another, there's another Gemara. The Gemara in Sota, Yud Aleph, discussed about We're all very familiar, familiar with this. Shifra and Pua. They went ahead and made an edict. Go ahead and throw every male child into the Nile. Shifra and Pua did not do that. What was their reward? Vayas Lahem? Batim. What does Rashi say? No, they were going to choke the child, not throwing them all in the Nile. Okay. <clears throat> also says, Also throw them in to the river. <clears throat> Well, what? Kahuna and Malchus. Kahuna and Malchus. It's Rav and Shmuel. What was the batim? That they were going to be Zochet too, Bate Kahuna or Bate Malchus? Who's the Machlokas there between? Rav and Shmuel. It doesn't say who said what. So if my grandfather was a Melech, what's the biggest kunz for me? I would say that they should become kings. Bate Kahuna. If, if I was from... <coughs> sorry, Malchus. If I was from Moshe that I would say the biggest kunz is to be? Kahuna. Kahuna. So here also he brings that, even though the Torah doesn't tell us who said what, it makes sense, as Rav Margolis, to say that Rav, who was from base David, would say the greatest thing was to be from Miriam. Miriam, by the way, the Gemara proves that Miriam, David came from Miriam. So to come from Miriam and Kachava. But if I was Shmuel and I was a Kohen, I would say the greatest spritz is to be from Batekahuna from from Aaron and Moshe. So that's another example. Um, that's another example where we can see that this that this came that this came true. So I was thinking in our Gemara, just with that in mind, all those examples, four different Gemaras where you can explain based on their lineage what each one was saying. I was to say as follows: If any of us would go ahead and say what was the what made Elisha so great, if we put the top fifty on there, having a fly not come to your table, would not have made the top 50 list in order for us to go ahead and define someone as being a holy man. Right? I mean, okay. A fly didn't come to his table. That wouldn't have been in my top, uh, top 50. Except if you have a deeper understanding of the Gemara. There's a Gemara in Yuma. And I was just thinking to put this together. The Gemara in Yuma discusses in Davchaf from an Aleph, there were 10 miracles that happened in the Beis HaMikdash. And it lists off the first one that a woman never fainted from smelling the beautiful, the, the, the aromatic uh, uh, smells from the, from the meat burning, and that the meat of the carbonos never went, became putrid. Number three, In all the time, with all the blood in the slaughterhouse, a fly never appeared. If you go to Israel now, you know that's a real miracle, right? Anytime you sit in a restaurant there, um, they must love Tchin and Chumas. So anyway, <clears throat> a fly never came to the base of Mikdash. With all the shechita and the blood there, a fly never came. So I was thinking, it's, irrele- it's relevant to the base of Mikdash. Here also, Rav and Shmuel, they don't tell us who said what. 
But it makes sense that Shmuel Cohen would think of everything in Kedusha as far right. as the Beis Amikdash is concerned. Again, none of us would think necessarily that a fly not coming represents Kedusha. But if your mindset is everything related to the Beis Amikdash, so I thought you can say that, but then I think I'm wrong because the very, very, very next, this is, it's also very interesting, the next of the four of the ten uh, Nisim that occurred in the Beis Amikdash, the very fourth one, the one right after that, is Vlo'ira Keri the Kohen Gadol B'Yom Kippurim. A Kohen Gadol was never became a Balkari on Yom Kippur. He never happened that <clears throat> in all the years. So it happens to be that the two sides here to determine if Elisha was a holy man is exactly three and four. Both are related to the to the uh, Beis Hamikdash, which I found interesting. Um, one other point before we go on to the Gemara, and that is. Why these two things? Why would they say these two things are what's critical to go ahead and to say how Elisha is a holy man? Eating and illicit relations, basically what Balkari is, illicit relations. So the Psukim, by the way, in Devarim, dis- discuss what we can and cannot eat, v'achasida, v'anofa, lemina, all the different birds, the bat, v'chosheret, z'of, v'tomehu, lachem, lo yechelu, kol oftar lo tochelu, all the tor, fowl you can eat, and then eventually it says, don't eat any nevela, yada, 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 ki am kadosh ata. The Torah invokes kedusha when it comes to food. eating food. And we all know when it says kedoshim ti, and kedoshim, what does Rashi say? Prushimin harayos. Stay away from the rayos. So the two most physical acts, the Torah goes out of its way to say, you should be kadosh. So when you take the most mundane and you elevate it to kedusha, that's why it makes sense here that that's how he was defined by Kadosh. Either a fly never came to his while he was eating, or that he was never a Balkari, he didn't do anything illicit. The two most basic uh, animalistic acts that we have, we can elevate to Kadusha. To further this point, Perkei says as follows, a very important mission of Shimon Omer, in Gimel Gimel, Shlosha Sha'achlu Ashulchan Echad, you have three people going ahead and eating together, breaking bread together, Velo Amru Olav Divrei Torah, in all the conversations, they speak about the stock market, the sports, what's going on with their neighbors. They never give it to share Dvar Torah. They're as if they're partaking from Zivchei Mesim. It says the Mishnah. It's as if they're partaking from the Karbanos of dead people or, or dead, dead Karbanos. It's as if they're Divrei Torah. But however, the converse, three people that get together and share Divrei Torah, as if you're partaking, you're sitting, you're a guest at the table of a Kaddish Baruch Hu. And Ravadim Bartanura says, why? When you go and you share Divrei Torah, you elevate your Shulchan to the Shulchan of a Mizbeach, to the Shulchan of Kaddish Baruch Hu, and as if you're a guest in the house of a Kaddish Baruch Hu. So we see that taking the most basic animalistic human things, we do it, the three things to survive, reproduce, shelter, and eat. Right? So two of those things now were elevated to a status of Kedusha. That's how he knew that he was a Kadosh. That's how they knew Elisha was Kadosh. And I must have said this 20 times, but now everyone knows this. The Rambam has 14 chapters in Yad Chazaka. In the, ch- in the chapter of Kedusha, he has three. In the book of Kedusha, he has three different topics. Hilchoshchita, Yisurabira, and Machalas Asuros. Kedusha, he has things related to, to relations, intimacy, and to food. You would think Kedusha would have to do with Karbanos, with the Beisamek, the Shno. Kedusha is taking the most mundane acts and, spirit, and infusing into Kedusha and making it holy. Okay, Vaiter. The Gemara continues and says, Kadoshu, what does it mean that he was Kadosh? So Amr Rabbi Yosef Rabbi Chanina, who Kadosh? He specifically was Kadosh, as opposed to Gechazi, meaning Elisha was Kadosh. Why does it say who Kadosh? It just could have said that 
Kadosh. When it says who Kadosh, he means it's implying Elisha to the exclusion of others. Who is that other person? It was Shaso in a Kadosh, but his, his servant was not Kadosh, and that would be Shinamar. How do we know that Gechazi, his servant, Elisha's servant, was not Kadosh? Vayigash Gechazi Lahatva, he came to push her, Vayamar Yosrechnina, Shachsav Hodjafi, grabbed her by her chest, which is obviously an anti Kadosh thing, as what we just spoke to. He grabbed this woman by the, the, the Shunami by her chest, and that was obviously anti Kadosh. So therefore, we know that he himself was not Kadosh. Gemara continues. Um, when it says that he always passed by us, what is that? They're further dissecting the Pasuk when the woman was talking to her husband about Elisha. He always passes by. Overland Tamid. What does it mean? He always passed by. He slept there. Always. It wasn't, he wasn't a, a regular there. He came by when he, when he, from time to time. Anyone who opens their house and is machnes orech and welcomes guests into their house, especially Tamil Chacham, Umahaneu and 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 caters to him minachasa from your own property, meaning you give him from your own uh, from your own money and your own uh, food. It's as if you are makriv a carbon tamid, and that's why it says the word tamid. Not that he frequented there every day, but because they went ahead and they opened their house and formed chesed for him, it's as if they're makriv tamidin. Very interesting statement, by the way. As if the Torah gives him. Uh, special credence as if they give him a special schus. <clears throat> Rav Shlomo Kluger asked the following question. Every time the Torah says, is that real? We know that it says, if you go ahead and teach your son's friend, your friend's son Torah, it's as if, as if you gave birth to him. Where do we know this from? From two different, either when it says, Edo told us Moshe Aaron, and it only goes to lists Aaron's children because Moshe taught him. Or it says, that, what do you mean they nefesh they made? That Sarah and Moshe, we say Megayer. They were taught them Torahs as if they made them. Does that actually mean that you're Mekai and Pruravu? What about when it says, or if you're Mavaza the Moados, we said if you disgrace the Moad, then we saw the end of Makos, it's Kilo Ove Davodazara. Or if you don't, if you don't give. Ani, it's not to Ani, it's as if you're Ovi Davodazara. So Shlomo Kluger declares back and forth. Does it really mean that you actually are of Ovi Davodazara? Does it mean when it says, Ma'ale Lava Kasov Ki'ilu, as if you did it, do you really get Puruvu? He has a whole back and forth about this. Okay, one last point before we finish. A person should never go ahead, Vispala, Davin from an elevated place. Don't go on, as Mars going to say, rather you should daven from a low place. How do we know from a low place? From the depths we call out, on you, call out from you. Obviously, this is not referring to a physical depth. You don't have to dig a, a ditch or a well to go in there. It just means that you shouldn't elevate yourself. It's obviously talking about spiritually, but it means, from we, we learn from here, that one should not go ahead and daven on an elevated place. For example, oh, so, Lower level, good. Yeah. But, so here we put in a higher level for hearing purposes. We can see from Mishnah Baruch if it's for hearing purposes, but yes, they used to do it in some of the older shuls. A person should not sit on a chair. Should not go ahead and sit on a, or stand on a, a stool. Rather, you should daven from a low point. The fish There's no haughtiness. There's no arrogance when it comes to a Kaddish Baruch Don't elevate yourself by standing on something high so everyone should see you. Because it says 
that we, we dive him from the depths. And also it says, Tefillah Ani Kiyatov, he will be wrapped up in Tefillah for a poor person. So actually, the halacha, the halacha, we actually say that one should not go ahead and daven from a place that Shochan Arach brings down in Archaim Simon Sadi. You should not go ahead and daven in an elevated place, even if it's less than three Tfachim. Even if it's two Tfachim, you shouldn't daven there. Okay? Because we, unless he says you're a, you're a Zakin or a Chola, or you're doing it so that people will hear you. When we daven on a bima, it's for the acoustics, so people will hear everyone. And the Mishnah Bura says, what's the reason? Because the reason is because we're afraid if you're standing on a, on a stool that has wheels, or on a chair or a bench, you're going to be so worried about falling, you're not going to have the proper kavana. So therefore, daven on terra firma, daven on, 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 on firm ground, on, on a... On a level place, and Mr. Shem, all of our tefillah should be heard. Latova will continue to pick up tomorrow at 9 o'clock. Have a great day. I forgot to include one very, very important point, and that is the Gemara in Sanhedrin, referring back to the Machlokas, Rav and Shmuel by, Margolia, by uh, Rav Margolis, he says that, he attributes HaKadosh Baruch Hu, says, HaKadosh Baruch Hu opened my eyes with the following Gemara. Gemara in Sanhedrin, Sadi Ches Amar Bey says, that the Gemara says there, Amar Rav lo ivri alma la David Shmuel Amar la That Rav actually says clearly that the world was only created for David, and Shmuel says the world was only created for Moshe. And Rashi explains there that El la David bezchus David shaya asid lomar kamashiros v'sishbachos. That the reason why the world was created for David is because it was in his zchus that eventually, uh, because of the zchus that he would eventually shower upon a kadosh baruch hu multitudes of shiros v'tishbachos, for that alone the world was created. Whereas according to whereas according to Rav, the world was created only for Moshe, Rashi says, Bishfil Moshe sheya asa the Kabbalah Satorah. We don't need any explanation to understand why the, the world would be created for Moshe, since he was the one who was Makabalah Torah and Pnei Ashkina. So we see here they blatantly say that Rav says the world was created only for Moshe, and Shmuel says it was created for for, uh, sorry, just the opposite, that Rav says the world was created for David because he comes from Beis Malchus, and that Shmuel said it comes from, it was, the world was created for Moshe since he comes from Kahuna. And here we, they explicitly, uh, the, the Gemara mentions who authored each statement. So in light of this, that they're sort of picking sides, aligning themselves with either Moshe or David, Rav Ruben Margolis explains the other four Gemaras that the Gemara does not attribute each uh, statement to a specific mandamar. In light of that, this sheds lights on those Gemara, and that's why Ruben Margolius is able to say what he says. This is an addendum to today's share. I left out a critically important Gemara to defend Rav Margolius's position. If you remember, he was discussing where all the Gemaras that we discussed, four in particular, um, in which the Gemara does not as- ascribe a specific statement to either Rav or Shmuel, but just says Machlokas Rav and Shmuel, and then goes on to say both opinions, he attempted to go ahead and to give a position to each of Rav and Shmuel to ascribe a specific statement, one side of the Machlokas, to uh, e- both of them. Based on the Gemara and Shabbos that says one that uh, one always tries to be mahapik schus for your ancestors. And since Shmuel was a Kohen, it would make sense wherever uh, the machlokas arise between Malchus and Kahuna, that, that Shmuel would be noted at Saat Kahuna, that he was always defend the position of the Kahuna. Whereas Rebbe came from Beis David, was from the Beis Malchus, he would always defend the position that would put the Malchus in the best light. But we mentioned several Gemaras in which the Gemara did not actually ascribe a specific opinion to one of the Manda Amrim, and it was more anonymous. 
But perhaps the most critical Gemara, he says that Hashem opened my eyes with the following Gemara, says Margolis Sanhedrin, Sadi Ches Onbez, says Amarav Lo Ivri Alma El David Shmuel Amar Lemosha. Rav says blatantly, the whole world was created only in the merit of David, and Shmuel says the world was created only in the merit of Moshe. And Rashi elaborates, and Rashi says El David. Why would Rav say the world was only created for David? Because David shaya asid lomar kama shiros v'sishpachos. The multitudes of shiros and sishpachos, praises and songs that, that, that um, David would compose on behalf of a Kaddish Baruch Hu. And for Moshe, Rashi says, b'shvil Moshe shaya asid the Torah. We don't need an explanation why for Moshe, Moshe was makabel the Torah on behalf of B'nai Israel. So here clearly, Rav... Um, aligns himself with the base Malchus as the whole world, though every Alma El David, and Shmuel aligns himself with the Malchus, the Shmuel, um, uh, sorry, with the Kuna, who Shmuel Amar Lemosha. The world was created for for Moshe. So we see here that in the case where Rav and Shmuel are ascribed a certain opinion, we, the, the Gemara does tell us who said what. Clearly, Rav aligns with the base Malchus and Shmuel with the Kuna, and in light of this Gemara, Rav Margolis. Uh, explains four other Gemaras, in which case the Gemara is much more uh, uh, unrevealing and maintains their anonymity of the man, the Armim, and therefore this Gemara really is the linchpin to explain the other Gemaras uh, that they fall in line with this Gemara.